Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, we're back again, and uh, I've got two fantastic guests, um, two, uh, two guys from a really interesting vendor called Cyphertext, and I'll just let them introduce themselves. So, to my, uh, to my left. My name is uh, Niccolo Alicandri. I'm the Chief Business Officer for Cyphertext, a 15-year-old network security uh, services company, managed service provider based in New York City. Fantastic. And uh, to his left. Uh, my name is Vicky Cross. I'm sales director in here in UK um, the, for Cyphertex EU. It's a new branch which we're opening here in UK to drive the sales and expand in UK, Ireland, and beyond. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm going to start with a really ignorant question. What does Cyphertex do? Uh, we do a variety of things. Um, we've been in business 15 years, uh, so we're a VAR, means value-added reseller. Yep. That means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Certainly does. Uh, but for us, it is really about um, not only understanding the technologies that we're putting in, but making sure that when we integrate them into our customers' infrastructure, they actually complement one another. Yep. See. 15 years ago, there were seven or eight products that made up the security infrastructure. Now there's 30, 40, and everyone wants to be a silver bullet. When you put a new technology in, it needs to complement the other technologies. It just can't stick in there and do its thing. Uh, A lot of products have this set it and forget it type mentality. Um, But to tell you more about what Cyphertext does, we opened up um, Cyphertext EU about a year ago uh, in Kilkenny, Ireland. Uh, and the reason we did that was uh, managed services. We wanted to have 24 by 7 people awake, chase the clock, follow the sun protection, if yep. you will. So we have the facility in Ireland, and we're going to be going into the Pacific sometime in the next two years so that we truly have daylight coverage for all of our customers. Yep. Managed services is what we're turning into, um, but that's with a 15-year heritage of reselling products and implementing technologies. Okay. So it's managed services around what specifically in the security portfolio? Are you looking after everything? Are you looking after specific things? Or Well, that's a good question. Um, we do not want to be like every other managed service provider who does everything sort of okay. <laughs> we want to concentrate on six or seven technologies with which we have a long history of engineering, mm-hmm. development, and just do those six or seven things very, very well. Uh, Endpoint, we feel, is very important. Network access control is very important. Firewalling is very important. Um, And governance. So the technologies around that are really the ones that we're focusing the MSSP on. Cool. Do you know what? I'm really, really pleased you said the the technologies rather than the brands. Because I think one of the single biggest um, holes that some of those other service providers fall into is they say, we're going to focus on vendor A, B, and C rather than, you know what? The vendor is table stake, with all due respect to my vendors. Um, sure. But, but, but to some degree, they are. And, and actually, the, the value is in understanding exactly what the firewall paradigm is in the network and exactly the context that that has and the effect that has. The vendor brings a hell of a lot of valuable um, elements to that particular solution. But fundamentally, I think that's a really, really valuable way to get started. And the word solution. When my salespeople talk about product sales, I say, no, no, you're selling a solution. You're not putting a product in there. You know, bread is a product. 
yeah. uh, when you put a technology into an organization is to solve a problem. Well, we, we, we talk about when you put in that single point product, we call it the shiny box syndrome. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so you put that new shiny box in and that shiny, yeah, exactly, <laughs> that shiny <laughs> box does nothing. No one you can know. see that on this, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nick's, Nick's looking around. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. And so, fantastic. So, I mean, where are you guys um, in the UK or are you based in the UK or are you based in Ireland from a sales perspective? Uh, so, from a sales perspective, we're just establishing the com- uh, point of uh, presence here in UK because we feel that uh, really the UK is kind of central focal point uh, from, you know, reaching out as a... UK and also beyond UK as a Europe. Yeah. So uh, that will be our start and we'll try to build on, on, a, on, on, on that presence here moving forward. Okay. So we've always been a technology-driven company. We have about 15 or 16 employees in Ireland. So we opened up the Security Operations Center and we chose Ireland because of the banking situation realistically. Okay. With Bank of Ireland, we're able to actually trade in pretty much every you know, pounds um, euros, dollars, everything. So that bank created a unique situation. Our company back in New York, maybe seven salespeople and 35, 40 engineers, seven auditors. The technology is what drives our company and the technologists are who take the lead. Account managers in our organizations, you know, we're, we know what we're doing and I train people to sell, but the way you sell is you get the talent in front of them as quickly as you can. Yeah, you, you're waiting of, um, of, of technologists to, to salesperson. It's fascinating. I think that's absolutely a very, very good way to go about things. Yeah. Uh, well, a good technical person is the best salesperson you could ever hope to have. That's it? No, no, that's it. We, our, our goal, companies like ours and <clears throat> vendor companies, I look around and I see the things. They have these guys called sales engineers, which I don't know what that means. They're an engineer who doesn't implement something, or there is a salesperson who's not accountable to a number. My goal as a salesperson would be to have someone tell me what their issue is and then bring the person who can solve the problem directly to them as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. No, fantastic. So, I mean... What have you guys? Um, what have you guys been doing here today? What have you been getting out of the show and the event? And yeah. yeah. So we try to obviously, you know, create visibility, right? We're a new company. We're uh, not a startup. A startup from longevity in U- obviously in US, but we're a new company here. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to build on partner with the, with the global partners which we have such an established and trusted relationship, and build on on that and really bring the new business. So first of all, service our existing customer base to make sure we will deliver and grow with them, plus to build new new business with the new, com- uh, new companies. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we, we have a lot of global uh, clients. So um, Vicky's role over here is to help service those clients while we build the reputation and the brand here in, uh, in London and the UK, etc. Uh, so we've got some meetings with some of global clients today, tomorrow. Um, you know, we're here for the free swag like everybody of else. Of course, of course. Um, also, <laughs> I haven't actually made this show yet, so... <laughs> oh, it's good. It's, it, it's, there's there's some, a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of lightsabers. There's a lot of stuff, There's a yes. lot of impressive... Mints, mints and really pants. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I mean, so... Um, so have you had a valuable, a valuable time so far? Then it sounds, it sounds like absolutely you have. If, well, if not for the, the meetings, for the free stuff. Well, <laughs> I actually I got here just uh, 
just four meetings. We, we sat down with a couple of clients today. Tomorrow we're going to do the, the show. Um, we're working on several global deals with some 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 uh, bigger partners. So I'm hoping to run into the salespeople at the booze. I, I basically made tomorrow my hardworking day. Uh, my <laughs> wife came on the trip with me, so Thursday I'm hoping to enjoy London a Very little bit. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Well, guys, thank you ever so much for uh, for coming on on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Have a fantastic next couple of days, and I really hope it's very profitable for you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, and we're back again, and uh, we're really, really lucky to be. um, Well, I'm once again really lucky to be basically. Accompanied, <laughs> it's been a long day. Accompanied, how are you? By, by my technical co host. I'm going to start calling you the techie co host. Fair enough. Alex Tyhouse. And Alex, I'm going to let you introduce. You have brought with you someone incredibly interesting. Yes, I've, um, uh, I was lo- walking around uh, Infosec today and I. Uh, just randomly it. walking around in Just randomly. I, I didn't have anything day. better to do, so uh, I thought I'll uh, just pop in here. But I started to talk about uh, talk to Trevor from uh, Risk IQ, and we started to talk a little bit about um, attack profiles. Attack, where do attacks come from, and how are companies dealing with it? And quite uh, quite interestingly, Trevor brought up a thing of well, we are looking at attacks from a different angle. We're looking at ad- attacks from a public side of things. What can the public actually see? I was very intrigued with that. Trevor, can you yeah, Tell us the thing about it. I, I think it's quite a different perspective. So, um, you know, walking around in for a second and talking to some of the people uh, that are exhibiting, uh, it's a very different technology that we're looking at uh, and a very different way of looking at things. So we are an external threat organization. We look at an organization from the outside back in. And by highlighting that, we're seeing an awful lot of things that you wouldn't otherwise see. So, for instance, uh, we can identify very quickly... Uh, third-party code issues. We can identify shadow IT issues. We can identify everything that looks like an organization and bring that into an inventory and help you then manage that, um, including uh, all of the rogue activity that you might find as well. So quite a, um, a different perspective from your traditional perimeter-based security, which sits on the outside and looks for threat intel coming towards you uh, or sits uh, within the organization, within the, the, the network infrastructure, looking for, for bad activity. So how do you guys differentiate from, um, from the guys who are doing the sort of big inventories of the network-type products that are going and doing and seeing what's, what's out there and sort of cataloging it back in? I guess the best analogy to use is we are holding a big mirror up to an organization and saying, this is what you now look like. Um, It may have changed greatly from the last time you looked. Um, You know, most companies do digital footprinting by uh, employing a a, a large organization to do an audit, and that has varying degrees of success. So when you have uh, humans doing an audit, you get very high quality in very small spaces. Mm -hmm. You get uh, really good depth because there's that human interaction looking at a specific set of, of websites. Um, the other way you can do it is to use a crawler. But the problem with using a crawler is it goes very fast, but it only goes very, very shallow. And you don't get a lot of detail. Yeah. So um, the way that we've done it, the differ- differentiation point, is we've brought a crawler that behaves exactly like humans. Uh, we have a concept of virtual users, and they go out, and they move the cursor around, and they look hesitant, and they go back, and they exit, and then come in again. And by building all of that information up, we get a real true user experience of what um, a company looks like. So if you're a a customer or an attacker, 
you can understand uh, this is what you would see uh, as an organization. It's, it's, yep. Go on, mate. Okay, okay. it's really funny because um, most companies you speak to nowadays is that yes, we are dealing with security, we are working on micro segmentation, we are working anything inside a perimeter, but yeah, you're quite right, nobody thinks about looking from the outside inwards. You don't see that that much. No, I, I think, you know, the perimeter is, of course, important. You know, you can't deny the, the importance of that. But you've had, over the last few years, a few things that have changed. Um, websites are drilling into corporate data and exposing necessarily parts to make them functional and useful. Mm. Mobile applications are doing much the same. Uh, and with the very complex mobile ecosystem that people don't really appreciate, um, it's very easy for mobile apps to proliferate and become out of control, become rogue, become outdated, old versions, yeah. um, you know, and, and proliferate through the world. The last one we're seeing in a, a real rise in social media fraud uh, because social media is so easy to, um, uh, to do bad things with, you know, to, to build a, um, uh, a fake profile with and then to start executing fraud, uh, perpetrating some sort of malicious activity with. Um, it's uh, a, a wide open vector for attack. So what we do is act as, if you like, the first victim uh, and go out and experience all of this as a customer, draw that into an inventory. Um, and we find, for instance, 30% more infrastructure than a customer thinks they have, purely based on, on, <laughs> That's uh, a lot. Purely based on, on shadow IT and, and you know, old mergers and acquisitions, stuff that's just got forgotten. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you bring that all together and show that to a customer, it's, it's very powerful. So what's the sort of um, drilling up? And, and we, we spoke about, about this on a lot of other podcasts, which is all about where's the actual um, outcome from this? So what's, what's the outcome? Obviously, we've informed a customer. What sort of action can they take um, to ratify? I mean, what, what are the sort of general outcomes of this sort of product and this sort of information? So uh, let's start by comparing and contrasting um, where you started and, and where you end up. So... Most customers we speak to don't know how many websites they have, just as a very basic wow. basic statement. Uh, we find, as I said, about 30% more. So we then bring that into this inventory and help them to manage it. Now, if the, uh, the stuff that we find is theirs but they didn't know about it, they now know about it and in great detail. If it's shadow IT, so it's been built by well-meaning people within their organization, we enable them to take control over it. We enable them to... Uh, see where they may be out of compliance, where they may have bad customer experiences, where they may have uh, out-of-date frameworks, where they may have you know, uh, out-of-date encryption and so on. We help them manage all of that piece. When we get to the rogue elements, so um, uh, phishing, for instance, or typo squatting or uh, domain squatting or you know, issues where people are maliciously doing something against an organization, we help them uh, take those down as we have enforcement capabilities to take down uh, web and mobile apps and social media profiles. Fantastic. That's very, yeah, that's very interesting to, to get a different idea. I believe uh, earlier today uh, we were sp speaking about well, what can happen is a developer spins up a couple of systems in Amazon Web, AWS. Um, he needs it for his development purposes. At a certain moment, um, the system goes live. Or nobody actually thought about, well, let's turn this around. Let's tell people about it. And then all of a sudden, um, this one person is in charge of a large portion of your public website. Absolutely. And, and the worry there is, uh, is twofold. Firstly, are you sure it's compliant with all the security controls that you've quite rightly put in place? And secondly, and more worryingly for me, what happens when the guy gets fired? Uh, and he's now angry with the organization, he's technical, and he's the only person who has the keys to that system. That's not a good combination of things. Um, having 
control, understanding what you have is is the baseline for security. Yeah, well, I suppose everyone talks about you know uh, key res- key revocation and obviously um, yeah, the access and control sort of or AMI access management. I'm I'm, I'm sounding daft here now, but basically being able to tightly restrict what people can access and when and all those good things. But obviously, if you don't know what you need to lock down, absolutely, it can be, I can imagine that's a bit of an issue, right? Well, the other side of the coin is it's so easy to build an app. It's so easy to build a website. Mm. Um, if business people are under pressure and uh, IT have uh, a lead time before they can do something, they can go out and do it themselves, and it's yeah. becoming easier every day. So this is only a, um, an issue for organizations that's going to grow. Um, take it from the the point of not knowing how many websites you have to having full control of your external threat infrastructure that's actually a huge benefit just in itself and it helps companies take uh, take back that control and uh, manage what they have okay awesome well thank you very very much for coming thank on. you really appreciate it. fantastically interesting product and uh, yeah i hope you have a really good uh, really enjoyable rest of the uh, infosec conference thanks so much for the invite thank you very much thank you Cheers. very much bye Welcome back, and uh, we're still, as you can hear, in the uh, Infosec Cafe, well, our Infosec Cafe, should I say, uh, and I'm joined by uh, Duncan from Utopia. So I'd love you to just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you guys do. Well, thank you very much, David. It's great to be here, and thanks for the, the invitation, uh, particularly. So I'm, uh, I'm Duncan Fiskin. I run worldwide sales for Utopia. I've yep. uh, been with the company for 15 months or so. Um, for those of you that don't know what uh, Ucopia is about, we are uh, a company with its foundations in the security business, but over the years we've, we've morphed into something much more than that. So it's really about guest access management, mobility uh, management, and helping owners of Wi-Fi infrastructure improve the user experience in a way that enables the infrastructure operator to uh, recoup some of their investment in the infrastructure. Cool. Fantastic. So, I mean, give us an example of, of sort of where you would be deployed and sort of what, uh, what the sort of, what, what, what looks like a good opportunity for you guys? Uh, one of the areas where we are particularly well entrenched is in what we call large public venues and, mm. and stadiums would be a good example of that. Sports stadiums, uh, some of the very... Um, High-profile ones in France, for example, would be using <laughs> Ucopia, and uh, right now that's very topical because of, uh, yeah, because uh, of Euro 2016. Yeah. If, if you're a soccer fan, which I'm not, <laughs> I prefer the egg-shaped ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> okay, well I'm a referee, so. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't bring my red card today. No. <laughs> um, and and so the Ucopia solution in the sports stadium environment is really about helping the the fans have a better experience, mm. and and the premise here is that. Nobody wants to pay for Wi-Fi these days. Everybody no. expects Wi-Fi on demand, free, and very importantly, to be good, to yes. be high performance, high speed, rock solid. So what we're about is, is helping the operator of the infrastructure, you know, maybe the owner of the stadium, for example, mm. to, let's say, persuade the fans to pay for the use of the Wi-Fi without directly paying for it. In other words other means of getting a bigger share of the wallet. Yeah. 
And the way that we do that is by providing functionality that helps the fan have a better engagement experience. It's, in, it's improving the engagement between the fan and the game, yeah. basically, um, and a personal experience. So with, te with technologies that allow um, the delivery of personalized content to an individual based on who they are and, and what me as the stadium operator, for example, knows about them, or me as the football club or the rugby club knows about that individual. <clears throat> maybe they're a regular, maybe they're a member of my fan club. Based on that, based on the knowledge that they're a repeat visitor, they're a season ticket holder, I can deliver targeted messaging to their device yeah. um, in a, I would say, non-intrusive way uh, in that we don't require uh, a, an app to be downloaded. Yeah. It's direct in-browser delivery of, of content. So it, it, it's based, it, it, it's really about taking the anonymous Wi-Fi user, associating an identity with that user. So you turn that anonymous user into, some, into somebody you know who they are, you know what they like, you know something about their demographic. Yep. Um, and using that information, which is actually very valuable marketing information, both for your own use and also for outside agencies that you would look to sell your database to for yep. direct marketing campaigns and get a bigger share of the fans' wallet through giving them a much better experience in the first place. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, from a... So, outside of the marketing element, what other sort of... Uh, Analytics can you pull off of? I mean, are you guys doing sort of the footfall analysis and things like that? Are you? We can do. I mean, we we we're, we're one of several data feeds, if you mm. like, into a, a, a real analytics engine. Um, the Wi-Fi infrastructure, which is where we sit, and and we're vendor agnostic. We don't really care who the Wi-Fi vendor is. Yeah. We'll we'll sit with we'll, we'll happily coexist with any of them. Um, the Wi-Fi infrastructure is really one of multiple data feeds. So, with geolocation, for example, we, you know, we, we, we are able to have information about where somebody is at a particular yeah. point in time. Um, we obviously know who they are. We we know what sort of device they're carrying. Yeah, so we know if it's an iPhone, if it's a Android, if it's a tablet, what OS they're they're using, etc. So all that is useful. Um, by enabling social media login, so you can use your Facebook credentials, for example. Yeah, of that immediately enables you to mine information about gender, age range, yeah. likes. Um, that information, we, we have an analytics capability, so we can present a, an analytics dashboard which tells you something about who is on the network, what they're doing, what the demographics look like. Yep. But bear in mind that that is really just one of what would be multiple data feeds that would typically be yeah. taken, uh, inputted into a purpose-built analytics engine that would maybe also be looking at, at ticket sales, point at uh, POS data from concession stands in the stadium, for example, and all of that information is then used to build up a much more complete picture. So we're, wow. we're part of the story, yeah. but we're not we're not an analytics solution. It's just no. a little but bit you, of what yeah, we do. Yeah, data feed. Yes. So, I mean, um, it must be an interesting conversation to go and have um, 
coming back to the marketing piece around how people can uh, sort of monetize or turn their what was seen as a you know something that just had to exist into actually a revenue generating part of their part of business it, it is and those conversations these days do not take place without marketing being in the room and yes. this is this has been a really interesting shift in the last probably 12 months or so where up until now the the the, the guest access management bit of the infrastructure has largely been an IT conversation yeah what we're finding now is that it's actually marketing that are owning the budget marketing are calling the shots marketing and making the decisions and, and in many cases saying to IT this is what we know we need to do now go away and make it happen uh, wow. and, and, and I was in a meeting with a, a, a big uh, events organizer that runs one of Europe's quite large convention centers I met with the IT people and 30 minutes into the meeting this is like six months ago this guy said you got to stop right there I cannot have this conversation without my marketing stakeholders being in the room. That's they good. own the money. <laughs> do you know what? That's really good that, um, that he was had the foresight to do that. Because, hmm. I mean, one of the problems we're finding is that a lot of our partners are not having the conversations with the lines of business. They're very much still having the conversations with the IT department. Yeah. And the IT department are happy for that to continue because it gives them the opportunity to retain control. But it's fascinating. So you're finding you're having more conversations about Wi-Fi with non-IT people than you are with IT people? Yes. Uh, well, IT is still important because Absolutely. obviously, you know, there is, there is an infrastructure that we've obviously got to sit with. Yep. And in the, in, the, in the hospitality sector, for example, there is definitely a technology conversation uh, when it comes to integrating with the property management system, for example, um, which we, you know, we have to support. Um, but at the end of the day, it still comes back to marketing, and we're finding that, that marketing is having much, much more of an influence today than it was yeah. 12 or 18 months ago. Brilliant. Well, Duncan, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I hope you, uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you very much, Thank David. you. Cheers. Bye. Pleasure. Thanks. Thank bye. bye. And we're back again, and uh, yeah, I'm joined by uh, Mark from Net Control. Mark, would you like to tell us what you do and where you come from? Yeah, we are um, Net Control, an internet security, uh, physical and network security company, uh, specialising in uh, most verticals, uh, but uh, very predominant in the education market. Uh, success has been around such things as Ruckus Wireless. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So, what's, uh, so, what do you guys actually uh, get involved in? You say education, wireless, um, you know, tell us a bit more about that. So, yeah, I massive, mean, uh, massive, massive topic. It was a big topic, and it was the demand for uh, education talking to us about bringing your own device. So, students walking into a, uh, a school um, at the early days was uh, you know, 20 laptops in a cupboard, mm -hmm. which were uncharged, unmanaged, and uh, really was not very successful. Um, so, what they did was they approached us about talking about how we delivered Wi Fi to an education environment, okay. how we could look after sites with, you know, 1,000, 2,000 students where they could all bring their own devices in. Um, so we started talking about Wi-Fi, and that's where uh, a lot of our conversations started. Yeah. Um, but then what it transpired is we started talking to people about infrastructure, and we wanted to understand a little bit about how we made the Wi-Fi work. It wasn't just about putting a, an access point on the wall. Um, so we drilled down a little bit as, a, as consultants, I suppose, and, and looked into infrastructure, switching, cabling, um, how we manage the devices, how we secure the devices. 
Um, and it developed from there, really. And now it's sort of talking about three, four, five devices per student. So the bring your own device has gone to the uh, to the wrist, to the, uh, the you know, such things as the Apple Watch. You know, we've got uh, mobile phones, we've got PSPs, we've got all sort there. Awesome. So I mean, obviously, uh, Wi-Fi is one piece, but. Uh, what are you doing in and around the Wi-Fi to sort of really bring it to life and do some interesting things? I asked the question simply because um, we've recently implemented, well, we're, we're in the tr- literally in the throes of moving offices at the moment. I think when this, when this podcast goes out next Thursday, we will almost be at switchover point between the two offices. And uh, we've actually gone with a ruckus wireless system in there, um, specifically because we found it gave us loads of good um, analytical information about who was where, um, who was in there, what they were doing, not what they were doing from an internet perspective, but what they were doing, sort of how they were traversing around our business. And that's really important for us because in our London office, we have six staff based there, six, seven staff based there, and about 300 unique uh, visitors every week. So as a percentage of the use case of our technology, we needed to make sure that our Wi-Fi was almost became a cost gen- or a, a sort of um, profit center rather than a cost center. So do you guys find there's a lot of demand for that? Are you, are you seeing any interesting sort of unique um, use cases in, in education for sort of more than just wireless, sort of wireless, it's sort of the, the, the start of the 10, but then layering some like services and technology on top? Yeah, I mean, services are a really big part of it. I mean, it's all about how you get that device on seamlessly without dragging into yeah, uh, IT support. How do we take the demand away from them and put the onus back on us as an end user? So you walk into a, a, a school, a college, a hotel, how do I log on with one, two, three clicks? Yeah. Um, and that's really where it's been going now with things like the addition of Ruckus has purchased something called CloudPath recently, yeah. which was a great yeah. add-on for us. It was, a, it was a way of bringing those devices to life very, very quickly and very easily. Um, so that's definitely grown massively at the moment. Okay, fantastic. Fantastic. And I see we've had someone else sit down and join us. Yes, hello, Lee Georgia uh, from Net Control. Fantastic. So what do you do for uh, Net Control? I head up Net Control. Um, head up CEO, MD. 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 Yeah, yeah. So um, we've, uh, we've just had uh, one pitch. So give us the elevator pitch on Net Control then. Net Control has undergone a number of changes over the past year or so. Um, if we're talking about Ruckus Wireless in particular, um, we need to shift our focus from one sector to multiple sectors with, with Ruckus. Um, something that we need to partner closely with Avaro in order yep. for us to grow that side of the business. Um, obviously, we uh, have other vendors, uh, multiple vendors as well, um, but we still see Ruckus as, as, as a leading product for us. Um, but we need to obviously grow that. And diversify, yeah? Yeah, other sectors are key, and I think what Mark just said about um, the expansion of things like CloudPath, that will make our lives easier to do and, and to deliver that. Um, Wi-Fi should be, should be easy, should be seamless. Yeah. Uh, people put barriers in the way, get you to log into this, log into that. It's just a barrier. People yeah. just need good Wi-Fi. And I must admit, it's become such a de facto um, part. And actually, one of the things we found when we were building the new office was Wi-Fi was Wi-Fi and coffee. If you can do seamless yeah. Wi-Fi that, that, that works and good coffee, the customers are happy, right? Because it is that bigger thing now. So, I mean, uh, yeah, very interesting. So what other sort of market, what other verticals um, are you guys sort of looking to uh, go into? Are you, anything in particular? Have you got any sort of uh, solutions up your sleeves or...? I think most of our, you know, mo- we, we cover most verticals in some way or another, but it might only be one, two, three, four small deals. 
Um, and we want to diversify out of that. I mean, our, our business evolves around, as I said, physical and network security. So, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a switch, it's a cable, it's a firewall. If it's something that's on a network or it's IP, you know, we're interested in putting it in there. Um, so a lot of our deployments now are we take, the, the conversation might evolve around Wi-Fi, uh, might evolve around a cable, but it might then evolve around what can we do as an infrastructure for yes. deployment. So a new build like you've done at the moment or your, your new offices might have needed infrastructure. It might have needed cabinets, it might have needed switching. You know, we'd be happy to put that as a, as a solution to people. Um, and then they buy from, from one place and they have that confidence it's going to work. Yeah. You know, the buck stops with us. If something doesn't work, they come back and talk to us about it. It's not bringing three or four trades together. Yeah, exactly, which is a blinking nightmare. It is. It's hard work to yeah. manage and it, it's frustrating for an end user. Yeah, rationalising suppliers is a, is a big drive at the moment, obviously, to lower operational costs and, and purchasing costs. So, no, fantastic. Brilliant. Well, guys, uh, you uh, you back to back to the show this afternoon, or are you done for the day? Or I think we're sort of uh, winding in. Yeah, <laughs> I can't blame you. Have you been here both days, or just today? Or no, we were lucky enough to tie it together today. So oh, good work, good work. But anyway, thank you ever so much for coming online. Thank uh, you. Really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, speak to you soon. Thank Thanks you very much. much. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Okay, hi, and we're back. So. I'm joined by two lovely ladies, and uh, I'm not going to waste any time in letting them introduce themselves. Um, I'm Tanya, uh, Tanya Ward from Smarterways, I'm the sales manager. Fantastic, and... Hi, I'm Joanna Turner, and I'm the marketing manager at Smarterways. Smarter, first and obvious question for all the listeners, what is Smarterways? Here we go. <laughs> uh, Smarterways um, originally started about 10 years ago. Um, so it's more an IT um, support company, um, really. And we're now moving into the IT security market. Okay. So support, when you say support, you're referring to sort of um, telephone support, online support? Yeah, it's more, um, it's more via uh, remote support, really. So it's desktop and server support. Okay, cool. And then now you're moving into the security uh, market? Yeah, I've been doing security for over 10 years. Um, so I felt that that was a, an area... Yeah. they needed to get into so I've worked with Arrow for nearly 10 years now yep. um, as a value added DISTI fantastic so I mean w- w- when you say you work with Arrow quantify working working with Arrow I mean you, you, you're sort of buying from us are, we, are you selling through selling with um, we do a lot of Intel um, products obviously it used to be McAfee yep. um, back in the day um, so I've been doing that for quite a long time now so um, started off with a local government NHS um, Enterprise deals, yep. so really, it's smarter ways. It's more bringing them up to speed with the um, security and the threats that are out there today. Really, yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, why are you at uh, why are you at InfoSec? What are you, what are you getting? What have you got out of the day? So, have you been here today and yesterday, or just today, or? Uh, we, we've just come for the day, to be honest, just yeah. to um, really just catch up with all the vendors that we deal with, um, all the disties as well, um, and also um, just to see what's news happening and yeah. who's doing what, and just get a general feel about it this year awesome so I mean do you guys uh, do you guys <laughs> it's all good fun it's all good fun so I mean do you guys get involved in any of the newer technologies are you just around the big ones I mean obviously support's a, an interesting thing to try especially in the sort of um, security space it becomes more of a sort of knock play um, is that sort of where you see yourselves going with this sort of dive into security or is it going to be more of a sort of break fix type service uh, I mean, originally, Smarterways started for most of their customers are SMB, so they're kind of really um, just as used to 
starting with the antivirus and it's more just about getting their knowledge out there that antivirus is no longer good enough um, you know they think they've got a bit of free AV on there AVG or reset or something like that they think that that's going to be secure enough ransomware is becoming a big issue at the moment yeah. so we just need to really just make our customers aware of what's out there and make sure they're protected really awesome so what sort of solutions are you guys putting together to help your customers sort of protect themselves against these um, sort of threats in, in the wild and these sort of uh, unknown uh, well the, 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 the ever expanding uh, threat landscape and sort of attack surface um, we're quite proactive, really, um, in terms of letting our customers know what the threats are out there. Um, we run targeted um, campaigns, um, e-shots, very regularly. Um, ransomware, like I say, is a big big thing at the moment that everybody's getting hit by that, where Locky or something like that, really. Yeah. Um, so we do we do basically do quite a lot of e-shots with awareness of what to do, what not to click on, okay. what to open, because they're not really very IT savvy. A lot of them no. don't have IT uh, departments. They rely on us, really, to... Uh, make sure they're oh, secure. Okay. So you're actually doing it to the their end users. You're almost training their end users on yeah. how to be more sort of, as you say, security savvy. We're like their IT department, really, aren't we? We kind of yeah, because we are an MSP in our own right. So yeah. um, we do manage um, over 400 customers. Um, so really, they don't have an IT department. We are their IT. So it's quite heavy on our help desk. If they've you know clicked on a file or opened an attachment they shouldn't have done, you know it, it can. I think we had an incident the other day where it it brought their system down for two days they haven't got any backups because they couldn't afford it so it's really just more making them aware on how important IT is and security yeah. as a whole okay fantastic fantastic well I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the day are you going back to the show now I think we're pretty much done for the show now now we've uh, caught up with our meeting so we will travel back up north quite, on the uh, train it's quite exhausting isn't it, <laughs> it absolutely is. but it's worthwhile though very I worthwhile. Actually, I haven't actually made it over there I've literally <laughs> been in this place for the whole two days and, um, it's very busy. I'm not sure if it's light, dark, day, night. <laughs> it's, uh, but I've, I've heard the show is mental this year. Yeah, it's very busy. It's very busy. There's a lot going on. Um, we've seen a couple of uh, WebEx and demos and things. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to, just, lot to think about and a lot to take back with us. And we'll, we'll definitely uh, see everybody again next year. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. And thank yeah, you very much. Have a good rest thank of your day. Will do. Cheers. Cheers. Thank care. you. Bye. So I really hope you've enjoyed InfoSec. We've had uh, some great opinions, some really good interviews, and, uh, and lots of fun. And I hope you've enjoyed it too. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're just going to wrap up now, and uh, we shall see you next Thursday. Thank you very much, and uh, goodbye. <laughs>